Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Tara Talks. Today I'm joined by Shelley, who is a registered dietitian nurse and certified intuitive eating counsellor. And she's got a master's degree in public health nutrition. So, so many things to discuss. Shelley, welcome. Thank you. So super excited to dive in today, into today um, your topics and all the things that really, really light you up and the amazing work you get to do. Um, but first off, would you mind just giving me an introduction into you, who you are and what you do, please? Sure. Um, so thanks for having me. I am a dietitian, an intuitive eating counselor, and um, I really help women who have a lot going on to have a healthy and joyful relationship with their food because all too often it's one or the other. Um, and so I do a lot of mindset work. Um, I call myself a nutrition mindset coach because I think that without the mindset piece of it, it's just another diet. Whatever you try will just become another diet. And um, I really I really want to help women to understand that we can go past that and we can live our lives fully and freely um, and enjoy our food um, and, and to be able to appreciate our bodies for what they can do um, at any size. So yeah, I love that. I love that. So what started this interest and fascination? When, when did that story begin for you? Well, nutrition started in eighth grade. I did an eighth grade science fair project. It was on the vitamin C content of, of vegetables and whether cooking method affected that super nerdy. <laughs> um, but I really loved it. And I, I thought nutrition was really interesting because it was connected to everything else. Um, so from then to probably after college, um, I was really set on like, I'm going to help people through nutrition. Um, but once I got to college and in my first job, I was working in a public hospital. I realized that the way that we were being taught to do nutrition wasn't very helpful. Actually, it, like we were setting people up for failure. We were blaming the patient for not following through when it was really the way that we were teaching things that wasn't working for them. Um, and it's, it's not to like make anyone the villain. It, this is what we were taught, right? This is how generations of people were taught. And now that we know better, we can do better, right? So um, I think there were many points during that, during that process where small pieces of this fell into place. Like in college, that was my first introduction the health at every size or weight neutral approach um, where we're not trying to shrink people's body or manipulate people's bodies into fitting somebody's idea of healthy, what healthy looks like, right? Because healthy can look like a lot of different things. Um, and we can, we can all pursue health at our different sizes. So little pieces like that fell into place, but probably the two major points, eighth grade science fair and that hospital first job out of school experience yeah I love that so what are the things then I mean this is probably a million dollar question you know what are the most popular and common things that people come to you with what would you say is like the underlying thing that ties so many of your clients together is it more the mindset side or is it more the actual food side that's such a good question thank you I would say it's it's the mindset side presenting as the food side. So people come in thinking that I just need to know what to eat or I'm trying to eat differently. I need to eat less of this or less in general, or, you know, I can't stop eating or 
I'm not sure what to eat. I, I'm supposed to like vegetables. Um, I don't have any time to cook, but I'm, you know, I know I'm supposed to cook because this is like quote unquote bad to eat this way. But underlying all of those is this false dichotomy of there are good foods and bad foods and transferring those qualities to me as a person if I eat a good food or a bad food. And when we realize those underlying assumptions aren't true, it frees up a lot of other things, right? Like, yeah, we may still be eating more vegetables in the long run, but we're not gonna be forcing ourselves to do it. And we're not gonna be um, you know, feeling bad on the days that we don't eat as many or feeling like, yeah, I'm like so much better than everybody else because I ate that one extra vegetable. It's just food, you know? <laughs> So what do you think then are those mindset things? Like what are some of the common things that come up when it comes to looking at people's mindset around food? Like if you were to pick it apart and go even deeper, what would that look like? Well, it would be, you know, I, I think um, intuitive eating as, as a, a model or a philosophy or approach to eating um, has 10 principles. And they kind of fall into some categories like, um, you know, trusting your body and and tuning into your body and what is what is that saying and um, approaching nutrition from the aspect of like gentleness and and neutralness, um, things like that. But when we're looking in in particular, when I teach intuitive eating, I teach it uh, a little differently because I try to emphasize that we have to start with what do we actually like? What do we want? Um, and for a lot of people, like that by itself is a really weird place to start because they're like, well, yeah, that's the problem. I always eat what I want. I'm like, But do you really? Because if you really did, you'd enjoy it and then you'd be satisfied and then you'd be done. And it's not, it's not something bad that we're eating something that we want. Or if we want only quote with the bad foods, that doesn't make us a bad person. It doesn't mean that we're going to fail at eating or at nutrition or whatever it is that we think is going to happen. So there's a lot in that mindset realm. Um, these like unlearning pieces, like there's so much unlearning. And I'm sure you face this too with your clients, right? Like there's so much unlearning that we have to do in order to learn a more helpful mindset moving forward. That's probably the number one thing. Um, number two is like, how do we take what is good out of the things that we do know? How do we separate those? And then how do we hold them like openly and neutrally? And, and with this, like, I'm unattached to the outcome here. You know, if, if I eat this, that's great. I really like it. it. makes me feel good. If I decide not to one day, okay, that's okay. Like it's, it's not like the world is going to fall apart, you know, identifying those, those faulty thinking patterns, like the catastrophic thinking, right? If I eat this thing, the whole day is ruined like, or my whole week is ruined or whatever it is. Most likely not. Right. So I think there's a lot of just sorting through and, and filtering and then applying what is good and what you'd like to keep um but it's so much of like people are like well but I just want to know what to eat and when are we going to talk about the food I'm like we're already talking about the food we, it's 
<laughs> just feels like we're going backwards because in I'm not sure what model you use, but um, I I use a lot. I pull a lot from cognitive behavioral um, theory or therapy, which is kind of in a nutshell is like your thoughts create some emotions and those emotions influence your actions. And in order to make a lasting change in the action side of things, we have to understand that those are driven by emotions and those emotions are driven by our interpretation of what's happening. And so if we're always interpreting things through this negative mindset of like, I am so bad, or I am so good, or this food is so bad, or it's so good, or, you know, I can never eat this way, or I could, I'm never going to change. Of course, you're going to have some negative feelings about that, that are going to be unhelpful for creating a change. Mm -hmm. I think like, it seems really obvious when we pull it out like that, but it shows up so sneakily in our thinking and in, in our normal ways of being that um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, this is not what I was expecting when I said I had some problems with my relationship with food, right? Yeah. I love that you kind of touched on that because I think it's so important to actually look at the story that you're attaching to the action that you're doing. So if you're devouring a cherry, cherry pie for breakfast every single day and it's a really big cherry pie, what's the story that you're attaching to having that cherry pie for breakfast every day? And then that, I think, attaches to the mindset piece, doesn't it? So I love, yeah. love that you kind of brought that up. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, that reminds me, like we have, we've been talking about like the negative side or I've been sharing a lot of the negative side of it, but it could be the positive side too, right? Like that cherry pie could have been only at, you know, a special holiday at your grandparents' house. And, and this just represents like freedom and comfort and like, fun and excitement. And this is a good start to the day. It feels special. And so you just sit down with that pie every morning and you eat it because you want those feelings and there's nothing else in your life or very little in your life that is giving you that feeling. And so you're asking food to do more than it should. It's not a bad thing that we go to food for comfort or we have food as like this emotion generating thing. Like that's totally fine. If it's our only thing that's generating those emotions, it's our only way of coping. Um, then it creates some problems, right? It, it, it creates a situation where we can only cope with that food or we can only cope with food in general or um, we can only create happiness through our food. Um, and that's not a really fulfilling way to live. And so most people, when they realize that, they, they would like to change that. So that's another thing that we work on. Yeah. And I also love that you mentioned about, well, I'll just start on the Monday or just start on the new week or I'll just start another time. And again, I think then that gets us so much back in our heads, doesn't it? In terms of, well, you know, I said I'd start this healthy eating or I'd start feeling better around my food on Monday and it's already Tuesday. I've already fallen off the bandwagon. So I'll start next week. No, it's then Christmas in five weeks. I'll start in January. Do you get much of that? Or is that very much like a very generic, stereotypical, stereotypical kind of way to look at like food, nutrition and dieting? I mean, I think it's both, right? Like, yes, it's very stereotypical and it's very trained. Like we learned this way of being because of all these diets that are like, well, 14 days, you're going to do this. Okay. So you're waiting for the next 14 day cycle, or you're waiting until January, or you're waiting until after some set of holidays, or you're, you're wanting to start before the holidays. So we're always looking at like, well, it's the next thing. It's the next thing. And what about now? Like we don't, we want to live now, enjoy your life now. Um, but I. 
it was just one of the many things, right? Like dieting teaches us to not be now. It teaches us to not like us now. Like we're always wanting something in the future. Um, so it can show up in, in my clients and like, not just that feeling of, okay, well, I can enjoy this weekend, but like starting on Saturday, I already feel bad because Sunday is the last day of freedom of eating whatever I want. And then Monday it's like, oh, I got to like, I already hate my work. And now I also hate my eating. And like, I'm just so sick of these salads, but this is what I'm supposed to do. And you still have that tension because, you know, you have like 20 years or 10 years or however many years of not just dieting, but even, even if you haven't been on like an actual diet, I'm kind of just living in this environment. We get those, we like pick it up, right? Even though we're not actively dieting, we pick up these thoughts about like, well, the weekend is for fun eating and the weekday is for salads or whatever it is. Right. So I, yes, there is some of that, but what I notice more is the way that it impacts the other areas of your life, mm-hmm. right? So you can only enjoy things, life, yourself, your food, when and if these other conditions happen. And that feels really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it just feels like, you know, it's like, wow, your life is always waiting or you are always waiting to experience your life until something and what if that something never happens or what if it doesn't happen until very long, like long time afterwards? What about all that time that you still living this time? It's just that you're not even present in your own life because yeah. you've been waiting for something, right? Or you're so afraid of something else starting, or you can't enjoy this thing now because you feel guilty about it now because yeah, you're enjoying it, but there's like enjoyment with a lot of guilt and shame because you know that you'll have to make up for it later. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so true and so impactful. I just I love how passionately you talk about it when you're kind of addressing this topic, because we can be so guilty of not having that awareness, not having the awareness of how we're feeling and not having the awareness of you know how we're feeling around food or our bodies or our health, our energy, because we almost just close it all down. We just won't let ourselves go there. And I think self-awareness in any area whether it's with your food, your relationship with food, your dieting, your exercise, anything, or whether it's with your business, your marketing, anything, I think we've got to have that awareness piece so that we can truly understand our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our actions and our behavior and all of those things. What are your thoughts around kind of having that awareness and how people can start to be more self-aware? I think one of the biggest things is asking yourself, what am I experiencing right now? Or what am I feeling right now? Um, Because often, especially the strong emotions, they're really easy to notice for a lot of people. And if you can't like, oh, you have the dictionary of feelings or whatever, you can't identify exactly like, I am feeling 25% whatever and 50% this, it doesn't matter. You can say I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm feeling comfortable. You You could say something even like, I'm feeling like, like this and like maybe you have no word for it but you just have like a feeling in your body that's totally fine too emotions have a they're they're called embodied um with the process or the experience of having the the sensation of the emotion like the physical sensation in your body like when you're really happy like you generally feel that or when you're really scared like something scares you and you jump you feel like you feel the adrenaline running through your body you feel like your heart rate elevates right so you get those, um, the embodied aspect of that emotion. So you can, you can do that. You can ask yourself, like, what do I want in this moment? Um, 
that sometimes, depending on the person, produces kind of like a head-based answer, um, which is fine, like a different kind of awareness. Uh, what I often find is missing is the body-based awareness. So you can start asking yourself, am I hungry? Am I full? Um, what do I want in this moment? Like in my body, what, what kind of food do I want to taste in my, in my mouth right now? Um, you know, those kinds of questions, just like start asking yourself questions and let the answers be. Don't let yourself like, you know, oh, I shouldn't want this anymore. Yeah. Why? Why shouldn't you want that anymore? Like the desire is just neutral. So if you don't, if say your tongue really wants something like, wow, I just really want ice cream right now. And I want like that creaminess. I want the cold. Um, and your body's like, no, thank you. Like I'm, I'm full or it's too early or it's too late. You're like, I just, I don't, don't really feel like ice cream right now in my body. Like my stomach is like, no, no, I'm good. Um, but that was a thought that popped into my mouth and my mouth was like, yeah, yeah, I like this ice cream. And my brain's like, you're in the middle of a meeting. Like you can't have ice cream right now. That's not an option. Right. And so that, that piece of, and this is something I teach my clients is this tongue, body, brain alignment um, is really pulling this together so that you can create a satisfying experience in that moment. And after you ate or after the food experience is done, because it's not just right now when I'm eating after, how do I feel afterwards? Right. So um, in another situation, it might be like, oh yeah, I'm, how do I feel right now? Or what, one of the questions I, I rely on a lot for myself and for my clients is what is the most nourishing thing I can do for me right now? And that pulls up a lot more than food, right? So maybe I had that thought about ice cream or, or the cherry pie example. And we realized that the most nourishing thing I can do might be a little bit of cherry pie. And maybe I'm going to look through some photos on my phone of my family and just really connect with like all the good positive experiences that I've had with them. And then I'm going to, you know, set an intention for the day that I'm going to like find something to tell my grandma when I call her that evening. And I'm going to go through the day feeling maybe even more satisfied than when I just ate the cherry pie for breakfast, because now I have all these aspects and they touch different areas of my life, right? Mm. Social connection, these emotions, you know, the food, which satisfied and it didn't overfill me or didn't make me have this huge sugar rush. I feel really good and connected to my family. I'm looking for the positive things or the, the newsworthy things in my day. You know, all of that is like such a rich experience now. Um, that oftentimes it's more satisfying than just having the jury pie, right? Yeah, I love it. And I love that you said, what is the food I want to taste? And when you said that, the first thing that came to mind is mango. And I haven't had a mango for so long. We have no mangoes in the house. I was like, where did that come from? That's so random. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. The tongue, body, brain alignment. Mm -hmm. So it's so much more than just, I guess, what your subconscious mind might be craving because normally at this time you have mango cherry pie ice cream any other foods are available <laughs> so it's taken it so much more than just the habits that your brain and your mind can want to run on isn't it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then when we pull from like the things that we were talking about earlier right with the brain the brains are all the thoughts and the emotions are uh, the thoughts and the information and, and our schedule like the knowledge of what's going on outside of us and and the fact that you know we have or don't have certain foods around us or whatever it is and the interesting thing is that that area can be hijacked really easily, right? Like we can say, um, 
all those thoughts that I was talking about earlier or the associations that we were mentioning about the cherry pie, about the ice cream, about all the good and bad foods, um, like the situations that we might feel, um, those can also impact and be impacted by the brain and that brain can carry all those thoughts and pull those out really handily when, when we have this craving or when we're enjoying something, the ice cream, the cherry pie, and it can pop out and say like, hey, that's not good for you. Or, you know, that's too much sugar or whatever it is, right? And now you have the food police in your own head. And it's, it can be really tough to say like, wait a second, that's not actually a fact, right? That's not actually a fact. That's not true. This is not helpful. Or even like, thank you, I hear you. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this food now. You know, it, it's so interesting to see like if those, those areas are out of alignment um, and one gets really big, um, like really overused, obviously you're not in alignment anymore. It's not the most satisfying experience because even if you pick the thing that your tongue really wanted and your body's hungry for it and it's going to feel amazing after you eat it and your brain's just chattering away the whole time, that's not going to be an enjoyable experience, right? Yeah. So it's really finding that balance, finding the, the area where they all play well together. And if one is overworking, like how do we bring that back into its right place so that they can work together, they can play together um, really easily. Right? So what would you say then is a, a good starting point for somebody if they're completely new to everything that we've discussed so far, what's a really actionable starting point that they can start to implement or consider so that they can start to have this really good relationship with their food? What would be like the best thing for them to start with, would you say? Probably that question that I asked earlier, what is the most nourishing thing I can do for me right now? And, you know, just play around with that question. You don't have to do whatever it is that you come up with, right? Um, but play around and see what happens because often that will also pull up a lot of judgments. It'll start revealing things like, oh, the most nourishing thing is, and you'll instantly be like, go on a five mile run. If that came up into my mind, I might have a lot of thoughts about that and a lot of emotions because I hate running. And I might say like, where did that come from? Right? I don't like running. But if I was, you know, seven years ago, I might feel a lot of pressure to start running because that's what healthy people do. That's what it means to like physical activity that matters. Right. And so then I can start saying like, oh, look at that. Look at those information that I'm carrying around. It's not true. Yeah. But it's impacting my life and I'm allowing it there. And, and so whether you get something like that, whether you get something that's nice and comforting, like the cherry pie example, I mean, it's such a great one. Um, and you find out that, oh, something that would be really nourishing is, you know, just to like have all these different pieces of connection and, and satisfaction throughout my life through different areas of my life. Maybe it's just, I need to take a nap. I'm going to create a space to take a nap. Maybe it's something like, you know, I think I'm going to do the hardest thing on my task list today first, because then I'm not worried about it all day long. Right. So you can really, uh, use that in a lot of ways it's it's very broad right it's not just food but it's a great example of checking in with yourself checking in with you know pulling up that information and then using it in a neutral way and just saying like oh this is information I can use to make an informed decision and it doesn't have to be something that is like oh mandates my next decision this is something that is telling me here are some options or here's some information did you know this information already? Did you know that that was there? Did you know that you're carrying this around? 
um, whether it's a helpful thing or an unhelpful thing, like like you're talking about, right? The awareness is so important. Um, I mean, even even when we're talking about business, for example, that that can impact our business, right? Our to do list or or our business focus um, or just ourselves, like as we take care of ourselves, then our business is easier because everything is easier when you're well taken care of. Uh, so like each piece of that just builds on the next and you'll really see a ripple effect just by starting with that question. So powerful, so powerful. I love that. I've written it down and underlined it in my pink pen. Um, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing so many nuggets I'm actually really excited to listen back to this episode myself and I very very rarely listen back to my own interviews um thank you so much honestly I think that's so interesting really probing people to think a little bit more about the thoughts their emotions their feelings and the relationship that they've had up until this point with food with a cherry pie um I'd love to pop some links in the show notes where would you love to direct my audience um or where would you love to connect with them and if they've got any questions where would you love them to connect with you yeah thank you um my website is confidentnutritionnow.com instagram is probably the social platform that I'm most uh, active on and that is at confident nutrition travels um I, if something in this is uh, really like striking a chord and you have like a particular question around a topic that we discussed, probably have a resource for it. Um, most of what we discussed is pretty common. So um, if you do, you can send me an email. Um, my email is Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y at confident, with a T, confidentnutritionnow.com. Um, and I can probably send a resource your way. Amazing. That's fabulous. Thank you so much for being here. I've loved our conversation. I'm sure it's given so many people so many things to consider. So a huge thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge today. Thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.